0: Hey, hello everyone and welcome to today's session for the Library is Open podcast. My name is Jessica Zaro and I'm one of the hosts here for the Library is Open. We have with us Nathan Carullo, who is another one of our hosts, and we have the fabulous Henry Bankhead who is joining us today to talk about change management. Welcome everybody. Hello.
1: Jessica. Hi. It's awesome to be here.
0: (laughs) We're really excited to have you, Henry.
1: So we're gonna ask you a couple questions about change management. My first question is, tell us about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Um, thanks, that's a great question, Nate. <laughs> so I am a librarian. My current job title is I'm the Assistant Director of the San Rafael Public Library in San Rafael, California located in Marin County in Northern California. Um, I never thought I would be a librarian or go to library school or do anything related to libraries. Actually I was kind of not really that into libraries at all because my mom was a librarian. And if you know, if you have a parent that does something and constantly asks you, why aren't you doing library school? Why don't you be a librarian? Like I know I was like, why would I want to do that? But, um, when it came time to kind of get a job that, you know, paid actual money, like I came to realize that libraries were a thing that I really enjoyed. Because um, in a previous life, I went to art school, and uh, I got an MFA in painting from the San Francisco Art Institute. And you may wonder, why am I telling you this? Because sometimes when I talk to people about being a librarian, and they know that I went to art school, or like, like, that's a weird thing. That doesn't connect, but it's, like, a problem-solving thing. Like, if you're trying to make art or do something, get a solution, it's the same skills whether you're, like, making a painting or trying to figure out, like, what things look like in space versus, like, trying to make some technology deal work or trying to, like, talk to people about ebooks or, you know, like, help someone find the bathroom in the library. It's, like, the same deal. Putting the pieces together. Kind of. Yeah. And so like that whole, like, um, also the other thing about that is like, I'm like a risk taker. Like whenever we do like our personality assessments, I've done three or four different assessments, like being a risk taker, I think is very important in with regards to like using new technologies in libraries, because I think that one of the very sort of key pieces is you have to be comfortable with failure or with things not working out and not, like, freak out about that? So, like, I sort of learned to be a risk taker in life because it's completely insane to think that you want to be an artist because it's, like, very, very few people, <laughs> like, make a living doing that. I have recently got into the whole um, Code for America thing. Went to the Code for America summit. And, um, you know, that open source is larger than just the library ILS, though I think that's, like, the most awesome thing. Yeah. Cool. Writing stuff. Excellent.
0: (coughs) Cool. Henry, talk to us about uh, your experience with change management.
1: Change management, yes. So, um, I, um, my first migration of ILS, I think the first library I worked at was, um, we were on command line Dynix and we went to Hor- and then we went to horizon. And then that was kind of interesting from like a completely outsider perspective. I had nothing to do with the decision-making and it just kind of happened. And it wasn't that bad. It's just like, we were doing like um, keyboard shortcuts for everything. And it was like, not even a GUI interface in a way. So that's kind of weird. Um, uh, and then, um, you know, and I, I would preface that comment with that. I believe change management takes various forms in the world. And um, mo- most significantly for librarians, I think, a lot of times when the sort of rug is pulled out from under you in terms of the tools that we use, that being the sort of integrated library system. But, but um Having worked in a couple of libraries, um, most recently the Los Gatos Library, where I was an assistant uh, director, co-director, library manager, head of reference sort of position, that that um, change in various spheres in the workplace kind of like um, has um a kind of holist effect on other chains. So if like you're changing your ILS and you sort of learn to think differently about it, maybe that also affects your change with approach to customer service or your approach to kind of, um, you know, what the library's function is in the community and maybe you become more outward facing. So I I kind of would like to string those three things together, like change in technology where you have to take more responsibility for your um, tools and, and you kind of um, break apart kind of the traditional vendor library and relationship where you're like working with a partner and the software is free. I think leads to kind of a different mindset where, where you can actually affect your own destiny which is kind of like revolutionary in a way because a lot of people don't want to be affecting their own destiny. Cause it's kind of like you have to be able to be comfortable with things not working the same way they were or everything kind of like breaking. So, so I see that that you could look at every organization and say like how, um, how flexible are these people? Like a, a continuum from like brittle to sort of malleable. So so I, I think that, that when you kind of do that kind of shift, then talking to people about like their, their body language, like what's with that body language? You know, maybe if you put your arms like this, it would be different than this, you know, like, like, like that's kind of scary for people. Like, like the, that, that they have an effect on Mm. other people. And, and like, you know, when I first started doing improv, that's what I'm leading up to Like, I never wanted to do that, and it's a complete scary thing to, like, actually role play stuff. Like, I'm going to be the patron, and you're going to be the librarian. And it seems kind of stupid, but but it's kind of fun, too. And I think that experimentation piece with, like, improv and customer service. By the way, my library that I used to work at did a PLA presentation, fully interactive, PLA, Indianapolis, several years ago. using improv for customer service that that I think that we got to the place of being comfortable experimenting with our how we interact with people partially because we we sort of worked with being able to take risks with technology because I think those two kind of affect each other because in the same way you have to if if you come in or you know the 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 you know, often w- with a new development, things may not work exactly the same, the new release, like being comfortable with iteration. And that kind of plays into this whole thing everyone's talking about, which is design thinking, like iterative stuff. Like, like that's kind of the flavor of the month now. And that plays a lot into kind of what it goes, what Koha is built upon or, you know, open source software. Koha being one of those things. So um my experience with change management like I would say is just you know my approach at my first library was to decide that this was a good thing and just make it happen. Whereas I think that the actual correct answer for this is if you're going to change like in your library you, you need to kind of win the hearts and minds of the people in some way kind of convincing them that this is a thing, but it's sort of difficult because I think that the cultural shift is so kind of mind blowing that it's, it's like, you're like, I've been to the mountain. This is what it's like. And they look at you and you're like, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, like I feel that now because I'm in a non open source library. So it's like somehow I think that you have to not so much tell people, but demonstrate. I feel like Doing change management in libraries is not just about changing the technology, but changing people's approach to using it, and you have to get them comfortable taking risks. And to do that, you can do other stuff like working with them on how they come across as individuals, their body language, how they communicate with other staff, and kind of building on like an iterative approach where um, they can take risks and not feel afraid. So, so how, do you, how do you start making people more comfortable with the idea of, of taking risks? So I think that, number one, when you migrate to a new system, everyone feels the difference and they see that change has happened. And then what particularly is, is useful with open source is that they um are able to think about how the software works for them and and how to kind of configure it to be the best for for that organization, so you start really thinking about how you do things when you go to a new system, so it's an opportunity to reassess your whole kind of approach and on top of that um, the the potential is there to ask staff, is there things that this could do that it's not doing and to kind of propose what we call developments to improve the experience of the staff. And then when a development gets fully integrated, then it completes the circle and the staff member, whoever proposed it, whoever was invested in it, it's kind of implementation becomes kind of like more aware of that sort of power of each individual in relation to the system. Your library was one of the first in California to migrate to COA back way back in 2010. What steps did you take to get the ball rolling and to, you know, get, get the change management in place with, with your team in that library? So um we were lucky enough to get a, a grant from open source open libraries i think it was a s- info people some kind of state i am a, it was imls actually funded grant so we got like 10000 bucks i think um what we did to get the ball rolling what i did was i built uh, my own koha on like an old pc and i worked to kind of get it all set up imported the mark records as a proof of concept but i couldn't quite get it to kind of work so i went on the irc and i got this guy chris to kind of help me like make zebra run which was like the search engine then so it was like a demonstration that this was like possible and then i went to the director of the library at the time and proposed that we do this to save money and it was approved, so we did it. And, and how, did, how did the staff of the library take to that? Was there a lot of pushback or? Yeah, like, like I think that, that many of them were, were super annoyed that, that, uh, that, they, um, that we didn't have like a democratic process or something that we didn't all vote on it. We didn't do a bunch of vendor demos. We had just done a demo with Polaris and they were like super nice to us and, and very charming. Um, so I kind of shortcut the process. And I think the staff who were most affected, you know, ended up doing a lot of learning really quickly. So So that was good for them in the long run, they're like better for that. Um, I think the biggest part of it, I think was going to like a web based system that really gave us a lot more flexibility so we could run around with iPads and, um, access it from anywhere. And when we went to a new library, like the, the following year and a half, like on opening day, we're able to run around with iPads and be like. But I think that you know, change is hard and um there there's no kind of way around the the kind of conflicts that arise or feelings of kind of unease of within change, but but I think that you can address them more or less positively by you know the kind of approach that you you start with, I mean, in this particular case, I think it was more of like a power vacuum. Like there was really no less kind of like direction. So, um, you know, we were trying a lot of new things in this library. We went to max for our desktops. We thought about you doing, um, getting rid of Dewey. Um, So, so it was kind of like par for the course in a way. So, so the functionality of the actual change that you implemented eventually kind of sold the staff on the move because they saw that it was beneficial to them in the long run. More or less. I, I think that there remains like a persistent meme that like Sierra and like innovative products are better Then that. That doesn't go away. Like it's kind of insidious propaganda in a way. But what's interesting is I think the staff get so used to what they know of I mean they get used to it and they, they don't realize that not every ILS is like that. So I just we just hired a staff member who used to work at a Koha library. And I think we're running into this like kind of dissatisfaction with a particular vendor's like client server desktop environment. But because like it's sort of like the language spoken by all the big libraries. There was a sense of of kind of security related to that. It's like this a known quantity, even if it's not like as good. So, so um, what's interesting is I think that 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 a lot of the features that Koha has had for a while, like cloud based, they still don't have in the proprietary ILS, and and they become somewhat second nature. The other thing that I think is really kind of useful is the way that you can go from the staff to the to the user the staff to the public interface so easily which it's just most other ILS you know proprietary client server setups they're like completely separate which I find like highly annoying so so you're you're so what we do is we search with for the customer we search on the front end using the web client that the web you know search that everyone can use and then we only use the back end to place holds and stuff like that so it's a little bit like awkward yeah but but what my point being that that i think that there there's some like mix of skills and like abilities where people kind of want to take risks and, and are, are kind of they somehow become more comfortable in that zone and if you can kind of build that up with kind of like design thinking or iterative kind of exercises then you kind of give them more skills to to manage change henry why do you think it's important to constantly reevaluate everything Oh, definitely in the library world yeah because like in the library world, I don't think it's important in the library world. I think it's important in every world. Like, if you're not wanting to constantly improve what you're doing, like, you just should hang it up. Seriously. Like, like, like that, that the, the, like the roads, self driving cars, uh, you, you know, things being delivered by drone, what, you know, let, you know, let the, let the games begin. So, so it's like from like how we tell someone where the bathroom is. To, like, you know, know, like, how are we going to pass off a customer from me to you? Are we going to do a warm handoff? Are we going to learn from Disney? Keep the magic alive? Or are we just going to be like, yeah, next, next? No, no, in everything we do, in every, you know, from the donut shop to, when I go to the donut shop, I'm like, how are they doing the customer service here? When I go to, you know, get my prescription filled at the pharmacy, I'm like, how's it working here? So, so like, in order to keep that sort of message to your people that that come to your library, even though your funding has been cut and your building's falling apart, they believe in in the library as a thing. It's like, that's the place I go with my kids, and they can learn to, like, read and stuff. It's where I go to get my books. It's where I go to get my audiobook for my, like, journey across the country it's it's where i get books delivered to me because i'm really old and i can't like get out it's where i get my ebooks online it's where i go to like for my program to learn about gardening or i'm going to go there to learn how to use my iphone or getting my taxes done or i'm out of a job or i need to learn english like everyone knows this right so 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 it's like okay they're coming in you got to be like constantly wanting to do better so and 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 doing better with the technology like if you're doing awesome on all that other stuff but your technology is holding you back you know it's like oh this client server deal oh it's it's not web based i can't just get an ipad oh like um i, I want to access to my own data do what you don't oh, have sure.
0: access to your own data
1: yeah. you're charging me for that it's like okay like i'm doing everything right here but this other piece like that's related too so kind of like yeah, constant improvement. Um, you know, should we be doing summer reading? Like maybe we should do reading all of year. We should do winter reading and fall reading. Or, you know, like, like um, it's heresy, questioning the basic nature of what we do. And people give me crap all the time because when I do that, like, like um, people are like, whoa, you're just getting all philosophical, dude. We, just, we don't have time for this philosophical deal. We just want to get things done, right? So the, you can't have one without the other. If like an unexamined life is not worth living. So it's like, okay, do we need to do this? Do we need to separate the mystery, the fiction, and the science fiction? Maybe they could all go together. Do we need to use Dewey? Do we not do use Dewey? If we don't, what are we gonna do? It's like, you know. It it, 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 it it's like if you don't want to constantly be improving, then it's like somehow you're you should become like Like a hermit or something. I don't know. They could be approving too. But yeah, I think it's just like a a way to kind of like value your customer.
0: I want to say, Henry, I, I love that you said about looking outside the library about like how people interact with their customer service. You know, one thing that always sticks out for me is Walgreens, right? You walk into Walgreens, they're like, welcome to Walgreens, be well. Or like when you're leaving, you know, they always have those sayings. And there's that connection that you want people to have when they walk into the library. So I just love how you kind of explain that, you know, yeah. Reaching to the customer and, and being, I think, I always think about that. Like, you want that same welcoming feeling, so you have that connection when you walk in. Like, when I walk into my library, the librarians know that I really like running. And so they always have something to tell me about a new magazine that they got or something new to share. You know, so I love that connection, bringing
1: it back. Yeah, like the personal connection. Yeah. And what what kind of makes me crazy sometimes is we see these huge retailers with very little kind of like, um, sincerity so much, but, but they're doing it able to kind of do these customer service things that kind of blow us out of the water. Like I think thinking, the safe way, like they always take you to the shelf, right? Yeah. So Any library where they don't always take you to the shelf that that's like messed up. I mean, I want to be taking the shelf. Yeah. and I've been to a market. They didn't take me to the shelf. I'm never going back there. It's like, dude, you know, you know, so, so it's like, on top of that, then getting beneath the surface with like the Disney thing. Like my previous library, we did this customer service values thing where we looked at the values of like Nordstrom, Disney, like um, some really fancy hotel, I can't remember the name of, and this zoo. And it's like, oh, are we like that? Maybe we should use that same value. Like, um, like Nordstrom is like, they, they, they don't have anything because the, the main thing is just make the person happy which is kind of crazy because, you know, they're making money so they can do that. Like, whereas we're like, kind of like, yeah, we want to make people happy within reason. So, yeah, I think that, that somehow, like, building up that kind of energy, like, with, like, you know, why is this good for the customer um, into the whole change management thing? Like, like I, I could see that being like a rollout that everyone would be like, kind of in love with, rather than kind of like, oh my god, that they, they, they took my cheese. It's like, who moved my cheese? Like, I'm used to it being here. So, yeah. But like, like I, and I think that by, by and large, like everyone feels that to a certain extent. It's just like giving them the tools to kind of follow through with that. Yeah. Librarian wise.
0: All right, Henry. Um, I have one last question before we finish things up. We talked a lot about, you know, ways that you've implemented change with both the library and ILS and 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 with your staff. What were you, what do you think the highlights were that worked? Like, what do you think helped motivate them to change, and what do you think did not work?
1: Oh, very good question, Jessica. So, like, I don't know about did not work. Like, if you like throw a kid into the pool and he learns to swim, did that did that work? N- not so much. Like, I wouldn't throw a kid into the pool, but but I would kind of like make someone change to an ILS that they didn't want to. Yeah, I mean, but but I would try to get their buy-in first. So I think that that I did totally didn't do that when I worked at my previous library in terms of I just assumed that people would buy in. So, yeah, I mean, I I think, uh, you know, when you assume, like, 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 and I think I'm finding that out now, like at my current job, that there's a lot of, you know, investment, you know, in that, in sort of how we used to do things. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it works so well to just sort of assume that people are going to be at excited about owning their data yeah. but somehow if you could wrap it in some peanut butter like you do when you give your dog a pill and make it palatable you know that that that's probably a good solution so yeah not that not so good um on the first day when we opened with Koha, like um it was kind of funny like all of our whole slips had name address telephone number and email on it of the patrons and we we're like, we contacted our support company, and we're like, "What the fuck? Sorry, what the hey?" And the, and they were like, uh, "Is there a problem?" And we're like, "Yeah, that that's kind of like an identity theft thing," and they patched it. Awesome work, love these guys. But it's like, it for me, it was like an awesome experience of, oh, this is what change is like, you know, like a, you find out things you didn't think about like before, which I think is exciting. But for other people, it's like. You know they don't want to think about stuff. So, um, I, I I think that um, an like another success piece I, I feel was um, getting vendors to pay for development. You know, like 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 at first I thought that Bywater was going to be like fifty percent development, fifty percent hosting, and then I was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's more like mostly hosting with development on the top. You know, maybe that's changed a little bit, but, but like getting a development through its cycle, it, you know, it's, it's like you have to like be beholden to the community, right? They have to accept it. The release manager has to accept it. Everyone is at all these levels and kind of like, but when it comes around, it's like, oh, we, we changed something, right? So that's cool. But, but when we do that, it's like, okay, automatically I think, or the experience of like either deciding to pay for it or getting partners to pay for it or saying to a vendor, like you guys pay for this and, and getting like um, Duncan Smith was willing to pay for the EBSCO novelist select thing. And that was like kind of a success point because it's, it's like, you know, I'm making an argument about, you know, why you should contribute to the health of a product that your customers use, you know, sort of like that was cool. Um yeah. And and I think in general, um you know, one of the pain points I experienced was being able to to kind of you know, people see like any technology thing goes wrong with the ILS, it's Koha's problem, right? We had this problem where the self-checks weren't working because like of this thing related to software that we had installed where our own computers were launching a denial of service attack against our own. System and but when you say to your staff, well, it's not really a coha problem, it's a network problem. They're like, now it's coha sucks, you know, like that, it's the problem, you know. So you're like, uh, well, logically, that's not true, but they don't care really, they just want it to work, right? So, yeah. um, like I think that was kind of an interesting learning experience. In, 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 like, you know, it's not so much about like why it's a problem or no it is about why it's but but you know it, it's like not about blaming who or, or whatever but kind of like getting getting at kind of the problem solving approach which you know often involves like three different people like we had to you know work with 3M and and bywater and us so um yeah and i and i generally think that um the success in being able to kind of make the system work for you and customizing all the preferences, all that kind of deal. This, this is like below the surface. It's like you have to reevaluate all your collection codes, yay. So, so you should do that all the time, but people don't. Like, I don't clean out my garage because I don't have to, but.
0: <laughs> right, good, good, yeah. good example.
1: So yeah, totally
0: all right henry what advice would you give to our wonderful listeners today about implementing change
1: oh they should read this book called leadership on the line i forgot the author it talks about adaptive change and um and uh some other kind of adaptive change and technical change leadership on the line also um i would say like don't believe the propaganda against open source. You do not need a developer on staff. You do not need a developer on staff. Uh, You do not need a developer on staff. That's what you pay those guys for. And the more people contribute, the better it's gonna be. So yeah, I I urge you to migrate today.
0: So Henry, leadership on the line, does it sound like um, Marty Linsky? Does that sound right?
1: Yes. Okay, cool. Not dated, but, but, but I like a lot of the. the one of the things I say is acknowledge their loss. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Acknowledge exciting. their loss, man.
0: Leadership on the line, staying alive through the dangers of leading. Yes. Cool. Henry, it's been wonderful talking with you today and uh, sharing your experiences of uh, migration, change, working with staff, and really being a leader. Um, we appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jessica. Thanks, Nate. Thank you. Have a good day.
0: Thank you. Thanks to all our listeners out there for joining us for another session of the Libraries Open Podcast. Have a great day.